This is Neon Radio, episode 180, with Jason Harris. Welcome to Neon Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, fashion and lifestyle photographer for today's top brands, performers, and game changers. On this podcast, we explore the body, mind, and soul of the creative entrepreneur, bringing you inspiring guests to help take your creativity, business, and life to the next level. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Neon Radio. This is your host, Nick Onkin, and I'm excited to bring to you today's guest, Mr. Jason Harris. He is the founder of an advertising agency called Mechanism, but he also just came out with a new book called The Soulful Art of Persuasion. And I am very excited to bring this to you because it is a book all about building soulful relationships that turn into creative collaborations and business collaborations. And I found it to be a very, very insightful book for my own creative career and business and life. He talks about playing the long game with people and building relationships in in a very authentic and real way. He talks about different things about being generous and being so giving and generous with your time and, and, and resources to help build relationships, being empathetic, talking about things outside of work with people, being soulful and, and being just a, a deeper person, a more expanded person in conversations and just in life so that you can, you can bring that to the relationship. What an amazing book. He is an amazing person too, and very creative, very insightful. So with that also, I want to mention to go over to the uh, Neon Life quiz. It's neonlife.com slash quiz. Neon is N-I-O-N if you're listening here. And you can sign up, take 10 question quick survey, and we'll serve you up some free content to help you out in your creative journey wherever you're at everybody's in a different place and we have different past podcasts and books and recommends for where you're at. So go over there and check that out. You can also check out the show notes for this episode over at neonradio.com slash EP 180. We'll link up anything that we talked about over there so you can uh, do some further research. Yeah, lots of fun stuff coming up this year. It's the the year 2020, the year of vision and clarity. And I'm looking to get more clear on where I'm going in my business and and what I'm building and what I'm creating and uh, building things bigger, but also building a, a clear structure for my, my business over the next few months and uh, the podcast and all kinds of good stuff. So I'm excited to share with you guys some amazing upcoming things here. And um, yeah, with that, I bring to you the one, the only, Mr. Jason Harris. What's up, everyone? Today we have Jason Harris on the podcast, and I'm very excited to have him. He is the founder of Mechanism, big ad agency here in uh, New York City, and he just came out with a book, Soulful art of persuasion. That's right. 
It's a good book. I downloaded it. I listened to it, finished it already. All right. Um, yeah, I think it's just uh, super. It's going to be super powerful for for this audience. We're all creatives over here. So. Right on. But welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's kind of it's funny. Like we know all the same people. A lot of the same people. Not all the same people. A lot of good amount. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of good. A lot of good peeps over here. A lot of the same here. circles. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, what, what inspired you to write this book? Um, good question. So I um, have been in advertising for like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's pretty much when I was 12 years old, I knew I wanted to be a madman. Like I knew, <laughs> I, I knew as a kid I wanted to go into advertising. I thought it was a good combination of business. Like it's sort of the backbone of capitalism. Yeah. You know, moving goods and services and promoting them. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to do something in business, but I wanted to have like a creative edge to it. So I was fortunate because I knew, always knew what I wanted to do. And um, I thought with the book, if I could take the lessons of 20 years in advertising where you're selling to your clients mm -hmm. and then you're selling the work that your clients buy to the audience to buy goods and services. So that's sort of like selling or persuading under like the hardest microscope. Yeah. Which is like the knife fight world of advertising and trying to win clients and persuade clients. And I thought if I could take those lessons but make them broad for anyone that is selling and we're all selling all day long, you know, you're selling you're trying to sell your photography services. You're yeah. trying to get people to listen to your podcast. You know, you're trying to persuade uh, someone you want to go on a date with or spend a night with or whatever it might be. <laughs> you know, you're persuading your family for you not to go home at Christmas or to go home at Christmas, whatever it might be. <laughs> There's these like micro incidences all day of uh, persuasion. And I thought if I could take that from an advertising perspective, make it broad. It could be a useful tool for anyone, you know, graduating college, trying to find a job, yeah. someone trying to get a promotion, someone starting a company, but it could be useful for a broad, broad range of people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, we go through that all the time, and I think that's one of the big things with uh, the creative world, especially creative freelancers, yeah. which I think a lot of people listening are. Yeah. It's like, you know, getting in front of people, building relationships, selling your work. But not overselling, right? There's like all yeah. These you don't want to be too uh, seem too desperate, <laughs> but you also don't want to like not ask, right? Yeah, it's like such a fine dance. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And yeah. it, you know, in the book, you talked about how it's so much about playing the long game and yeah. building those relationships, so it doesn't feel like you are. Yeah. Were you always creative as uh, growing up, or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. I was like a comic book nerd. Okay. And I was always drawing like all the superheroes <laughs> and I was uh, writing like graphic novels. I was sort of always in that like superhero fan fantasy land space, Yeah, which is how I first got into it. And then the power of music to me like opened up yeah. my mind in terms of creativity. And you, you're yeah. a musician as well? Yeah, I play the bass. Okay. I used to play a lot more. But um, it's kind of dying down now. Got to yeah. got to pick your poison. I got yeah. I mean, I still <laughs> play like a couple times a month, but it's you know you need to play like a couple times a week to be. Oh yeah. To be safe. Absolutely. Do you play music? Uh, yeah, I used to play guitar really? back in the day and for a while, but I just it was never. I loved it and I was like you know decent. Proficient. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I you know I think it wasn't my gift of creative output. 
per se. Uh-huh. In terms of like going big or making it a career, it was more yeah. of like, okay, yeah, it's fun. But All right, I can noodle. Yeah. I can noodle. I'm, I'm better at photography and yeah. <laughs> all these other things. Did you like hack at it for a while? Like, did you develop a skill? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I developed a skill and yeah. was playing and I could play and sing and all these things. But, you That's know, I had cool. all these other friends. They could just like play. And it was like they had this knack for it. They had this like yeah. magic to it, right? Yeah. So where they, you know could do it really easily for yeah. me it was like it was a lot of work yeah i, I feel like that <laughs> i feel like that with, with music it's a lot of like you know remembering thinking about what you're playing like it, it it's still not natural to me i've yeah. been playing for 12 years 13 years yeah exactly but you enjoy it you're fun with it yeah i enjoy it but i'm not i'm not gonna go on tour yeah, yeah not gonna yeah. be the next uh next rock star no no, no definitely not <laughs> i'm your rock star in the uh, ad world yeah well i guess so yeah yeah sort of yeah, yeah. what did you think of the show Mad Men? uh i thought it was great i mean it always sort of like danced around real ads that were out in the world at the time, mm-hmm. and, and then obviously ones that were fictitious. But I think it set up like that, sort of what people think of as like the typical advertising. Yeah. Uh, as like that Madison Avenue, you know, yeah. wow, how are we gonna fix this problem? You know, make, <laughs> grab, grab a bourbon from the tray and sit down and talk about it. And Y'all don't do that here? No, I don't do that here. <laughs> no. But uh, I think it, it had that like classic time period down, and it seemed it was fun. it was fun. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched yeah. most of it. I think I missed the last season or two. Yeah, Contrail Buff. You know? Yeah, but I love I love that era though. There's there's something that's super interesting to, about that era. And the design was awesome. You oh know? yeah, like just like the clothes and uh, yeah, you know, it's the whole suit. You know, the suit era. Right? Yeah, just like da- looking dapper for work. You know? <laughs> Yeah, not 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 as much anymore. And then going to lunch and just getting wasted, and then going back to work. <laughs> How do you do that? Yeah, no, I don't know. You can't do that. Now. I barely even. I I drink a little bit these days. Yeah, no. Now you have to like be on all the time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Even more. You gotta keep your so. edge. <laughs> so of the eleven, yes. of the eleven habits here, what's, 11. which ones are some of your favorites? Well, you know, I think you mentioned that idea of um, never be closing, and I think that's part of. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's part of like I think the the main philosophy of selling in the book, which I think can talk to your audience really well. Yeah. Which is just this idea of, you know, you might not get that gig. You yeah. might you might come in second for the gig you're up for. And this happens to us a lot. We'll pitch against five agencies and we won't win. And then our typical you know, the typical conventional wisdom is, you know, you get pissed off and you Focus on the next pitch, and yeah. you forget about that pitch, or that project, or that gig that you didn't get. And I think the important thing is to, you've spent energy developing those relationships, whether you got the project or didn't get the project. And instead of sort of scratching those relationships, or pushing those relationships for like, hey, do you have something else? You got something else? Like, yeah. I think it's much more about playing the long game and stepping back, and this idea of you're collecting and building relationships that will pay off down the road, but you have to nurture those relationships. You know, mm-hmm. you have to feed those relationships. You have to take those people out for lunch, breakfast, coffee, phone calls, emails, send them articles about their industry, you know, something that 
as top of mind, but never expect anything in return. Just do it as a way to not let the relationship drop to zero yeah. and stay in touch with those contacts. And over time, you'll build up a really great network that will come back to you tenfold. And yeah. you're not, never sure when. <laughs> Whenever I hear a no, I always think like it's a no for now. And yeah. I'm like, okay, it's a no for now, but I'm, we're going to figure out something to do together. Yeah, yeah. And it usually happens, you know. And it's, it's hard because if, you know, if I need to win an account to keep this operation going, I lose an account, I need to win an account, or you put a lot of pressure on it. Or if you don't have a freelance gig and you need another freelance gig and you have that gap, yeah. you kind of tend to, like, panic. But I think it's just stepping back and saying, you know, the big picture, it's going to work out. I'm not going to, like put pressure on it but I'm also not gonna like let those relationships linger either I'm gonna yeah. stay on top of them yeah how do you how do you manage all of that like contacts wise and, and... I sort of have like this master template where I put the like all my contacts in mm -hmm. and I have I space them out so I'm reaching out to everyone at least four times a year okay like in my contacts yeah and I try to do like one person a day while I'm at work. So in between all my work stuff, I'll have like a 20 minute slot set up for somebody that is sort of in that, that, oh, okay. that network. So it, it doesn't seem outrageously hard, <laughs> but you also have to plan it out. It can't be like ad hoc yeah. or you'll like never get to it. You know, it yeah. has to be like planned out and you carve out time to do that in, yeah. in your daily calendar. Got it. Are you yeah. a good time blocker? Yeah, great time blocker. It's, it's like critical. I mean, I use all my time. Are you? I, I'm not the best time blocker. Or maybe you don't need to be. I don't know. My time's a little bit loose, but yeah. in terms of, but I still could be better at blocking things like this, you yeah. know, where it's yeah. like setting time aside to, to do that kind of thing. Because it's so easy to procrastinate. And if it's not urgent, you don't do it. You know, you put it off. Yeah. And you just look at the things that are right in front of your face. <laughs> but it's you you really part of playing that long game is really thinking through and being smart about you know setting those breadcrumbs and staying in touch with people yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah another thing i i liked in the book too was talking about having soul yeah and like being a human and being you know yeah. and being proactive too right going out and like being that person talk about things that are outside of just business yeah how have you developed that within yourself so i think it's really important i mean the four basic principles the 11 habits are based off of are you know one is original which is really all about being yourself one is generous which is about giving things away without expecting anything in return mm -hmm. it's becoming habitually a generous person and empathetic which is about understanding other people and your audience and then this idea of soulful and the soulful piece to me is sort of the big unlock, which is I feel like we're all, you know, put on the planet to do more than what our craft is, mm -hmm. you know, more than photography or music or ads or whatever it might be. But we're all put on the earth to contribute more than just that. And so that idea of soul and purpose is taking the skill, the things you're good at and marrying them with something that you can give back to make the world a better place. So yeah. I've done that through creating an advertising community that does pro bono work. Oh, um, so we have like 90 companies. It's called the Creative Alliance. And we work for nonprofits and we take our advertising skills and do oh, cool. you know, 
we apply our skills to doing free work for, you know, gender equality, immigration, civic engagement, whatever, whatever, anti-hate and discrimination. Yeah. And so what I always encourage people to do, no matter where they are in their career, is to write down three things that they're really skilled at and then three things that they care about in the world that they want to see improved. And then you look at those two sheets of paper long enough and like <laughs> somehow they'll like blend together with the right answer for you. Yeah. And just by doing that and giving back and doing something free to make the world a better place, you end up, uh, it's just like fills your soul, makes you a happy person. You get in alignment when you're happy, you're performing better. It's just that extra thing that instead of sitting in the back yeah. of your head like, man, is this really what I'm doing? I'm like taking pictures of these bozos for a living or <laughs> I'm, making ad, I'm making ads for ice cream and, and selling deodorant. That's good and that's valuable and that it can be creative. But also, what else can you do that feeds your soul and makes you feel like a good human, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally, I totally agree with that. I mean, I was, that's why I've been, I do that. I was telling you about Pencils of Promise. Yeah, and, so like that's, that's the itch that scra you scratch for yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I did, and I started with them like 10 years ago when they had just started and it's, it was a beautiful, you know, beautiful thing. I met Adam Braun, the founder, yeah. and he was like, look, I can't pay you, I can't pay for you, but like, you know, you're welcome to come to Laos and shoot some photos. I was like, okay, great, yeah, sure, I'll yeah. do it. So yeah, you've been doing that for 10 years? 10 years, we do like one trip a year. Okay. At that point, you know, it was like, I was making tons of money from like ad shoots yeah. and all that stuff and campaigns and all these things. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll just go out there on my own. And and that that ended up building this amazing relationship that turned into like, you know, becoming friends with Scooter Braun and Usher and like all these guys and photographing all these guys and Justin and amazing. Yeah. And I never even like, I was always in it just to give and not like expecting and expect anything. Yeah. But that's what happens when you end up giving, you get right. Yeah. So, like you're doing that. Not so I can meet Scooter Braun. Yeah. But nah, then, you know, and then all of a sudden he's like, Hey, come <laughs> and shoot this. Uh, Whatever. Yeah, come yeah. and shoot Justin and yeah. Zurich. <laughs> right. That's Stuff awesome. like that. But Scooter wasn't even Scooter or Justin wasn't even Justin when I met Adam. It was like that came like a few years later. But I think it's just like it's always important to be giving and creating yeah. that energy. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, to be honestly constantly in, in check within yourself where you're like, okay, well, if I experience that, then I'm going to go give. But I don't want to <laughs> yeah. like, you're like, wait, okay, if this is, if I'm getting all this, but you still have to like clear that, right? Clear that intention of it's just like giving to give. Yeah, it's giving to give. It's not giving because you want it to turn into some like networking thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? But it often invariably does. It, it often is. And I'm sure you probably found this is that like a lot of celebrities and for people like to, like to give as well. And so you can make connections with people just through having that common thread line totally and i think um i think persuasion today uh, a lot of what i talk about in the book is sort of debunking this idea of the old like dale carnegie books you mm -hmm. know and the like selling and how to win friends and sort of that whole philosophy which is much more transactional and it's much more about you know saying the other person's name 10 times yeah. And, you know, like, <laughs> oh, you, you're, they're into fishing, so you pretend that you're into fishing. You know, it's like, right. <laughs> it's like this idea of, of becoming friendly with a B 
business people that you need to in order to be successful. Yeah. Uh, and it's not about leaning into who you are and your quirks, which to me is what makes people ultimately yeah. memorable and ultimately successful and having stories to tell and being a positive storyteller. I think that's more important than like yeah. the idea of mirroring, you know, the other person, which a lot of those perennial selling books still talk about, you know, right, right, right. get them to say yes first, you know, <laughs> like those old sales books, which in a, in an age of distrust where we have fake news and phishing scams and like Facebook taking your data, you know, the, <laughs> the, that idea of like building trust is much more important than ever. Yeah. We live in a yeah. totally different world now. Yeah. What, what would you say to creatives? I know this question comes up. I get asked this a lot too. Is you know, with creatives like freelance creatives, particularly photographers yeah. and illustrators yeah. and designers, they're like, well, if I want to give, like, what's a good boundary in terms of like not giving too much work away for free? Or what, how have you seen that? I don't know if you've even seen that just in the industry. Working. I mean, that's how we started. You know, we, yeah, we did uh, when we started the company thirteen years ago. Mechanism, we. We would do, I don't know who your listeners, like where they are in their career, but we would give, I mean, we like scrap by and we would give uh, our work away for, you know, we probably did like three or five free client projects. Oh, wow. Just to be able to build a case study, to be able to have some valuable thing to look at as successful. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. And then we started charging and then charging more and charging more from there, you know? Yeah. But I think, I guess the question is giving too much away. I think, I think once you've reached a career point where you're skilled and you know what you're doing, I, I don't believe you should be giving anything away unless it's in the, ho in the like, good bucket, in the social good, purpose-driven bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I would never do free work now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless yeah. it was free work to make the world better, then I'm going to do that free all day long. You know? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Is that kind of answer your yeah, question? Yeah, no, that's audience? good. I think it's really, yeah, you're right. It's really about kind of doing it to build case studies, yeah. but then, like, you just start charging once, people, once the work starts. Once you keep getting asked for more, then you just like throw a price tag on it and start going. <laughs> you just start going up and up. You know, you start out slowly and then incrementally going up and up. But I think we would never have made it if we weren't just like, hey, we're talented. Give us a shot. We'll do it for free. Yeah. Like until we did that, we wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't have gotten gigs. It's just like if you're going to hire, it's really hard for you to hire someone with no experience. You know, if you need yeah. like a, if you need an assistant. You know, someone that has like an internship or a two-year experience thing, you're going to hire them over someone who doesn't have anything, right? Yeah, exactly. Over like a family friend. You know? <laughs> but it's got to be, right. yeah, if it's the right fit, the right... Chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah, I think, totally. yeah, like culture and vibe is, is a huge thing. Yeah, definitely. So I'm curious, like, what does the word influencer mean to you? So influencer to me, because, I, uh, you know, I was kind of worried about that as a title... For the book, it's not, you know, online celebrity right. or YouTube, someone that has created a YouTube channel, although it could be, and I talk about some of that in the book. To me, an influencer is someone who understands the way business works today and can influence 
and get people over to their way of thinking, over to their side. They're, they're you know, masters at persuading people through character building traits that are positive. Yeah. And it's so often not, you know, you've, you've heard that a million times, but it's not always, it's how we make people feel, you know, it's not necessarily what we say, yeah. but it's how we make them feel and how they feel about us. And it's mm -hmm. the reason why as we're coming into like a presidential election, it's why the beer test is so important. It's, it's who do we want to have a beer with at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. we, we might know a little bit about their tax policy or their nuances, but we don't really understand that stuff. You know, yeah. like we don't understand the nuances of healthcare. You know, yeah. yeah, we might think, oh, this guy wants healthcare for all. So do I. That makes sense. Yeah. But what really brings out our vote and who we end up hiring is, you know, for the job of president is who we want to sit down with, like who we want to spend our energy and time with. And that goes just by character. You know, it's the same thing when you're hiring someone to shoot a job or someone to work for you. Yeah. It's all about that that character and how they come across. Yeah. And I think that's what influences people, like who you are and how people, we're, we have really good bullshit detectors. Mm -hmm. And I think people know if you're bullshitting them or if you're like a true, honest, to goodness character person, yeah. character-based person, and I think people just know that right off the bat. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I always thought about the whole idea that, I mean, politics to win an election, it's really about branding and charisma. Dude, that's it. That's it. That's it. And you, 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 it's funny that the Democrats just don't—they don't get it, man. I mean, Obama did, but like, no, I know. You look at the rest of Democrat, you know, like Clinton and all those. It's, yeah. it's just an interesting like study, you know. Trump, better for worse, like yeah. he got that. Well, he got that because he was famous, and so like celebrity in this country. Well, we love celebrity in this country, and we love them because. Skill is really important to people. And so we value, it's the same reason why whoever you're shooting on for, you know, you shoot LeBron for Nike. Yeah. Celebrity endorsements matter. They like move product. Yeah. And they move product because the public believes if that person, I trust that person because I know if they put in that much energy to be a great basketball player or a great actor, or a great craftsman, if they put in that time and they're skilled in that way, then I believe they earn my trust. And I think what happens with Trump is, well, he's famous for a reason. He's a celebrity. He must like have a skill. He must know what he's doing. And I think that's yeah. how we foolishly got him there. There is a study that recently that the most trusted man in America is Tom Hanks. <laughs> and, it's because, and it's because Tom Hanks is an, a gifted, hardworking actor that doesn't make shitty films. You know, like almost yeah. all his films are good and he's, he's convincing in them. He's, he acts amazing in them. We don't know what he's like personally. You know, is he, is he funny? Is he cool? Does he hit his wife? Like, who knows? <laughs> you know, we don't know much about him personally. Yeah. He's pretty much out of the public. 
But we know he had a skill that he developed, and he's an f- amazing actor. Yeah. And that's why he's like the most trusted man in America. That's interesting. Know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he's, it's interesting because he's got like a different type of celebrity, as you're saying. Like nobody, you're not yeah. talking about Tom Hanks. No, right? you're not like. You know, everybody's yeah. talking about Justin Bieber, The Rock, Will totally. Smith. Yeah. yeah. No but one Tom talks Hanks about Tom Hanks. Is like literally one of the best actors in the yeah. world, and you no never like, talk about yeah. him. Not um, like Tom Hanks spotted <laughs> in Malibu. You know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He he seems like a cool guy. I actually met him before. Did you really? What's he like? He was at Scooter's wedding. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. What's he like? It was so funny because I was like, I was like, I just went up to him. I was like, Hey man, I'm I'm Nick. He's like, Oh, I'm Tom. I was like, I was like, Oh, how do you know Scooter? He's like, Oh, you know, we we play mafia at their house. I was like, Mafia. Have you played? Mafia is like this group game that you play. I played a couple times, and you like like, takes this whole orchestration, and like you have to somebody like committed the murder, and you have to like ask all these questions. It's like Clue, but like live. Yeah, but it's not like a board game. You just Uh, it's it's like a game that you play with like ten people or something like that. that Sounds sick. Yeah, yeah. Mafia. All right. Mafia. I'll look that up. All right. So keep going. So yeah, it was just like it was a quick run in, but. He was chasing down, a, like, everybody. There was, like, a bird that got stuck in there, and he was, like, up there with the broom, and he was, like, trying to get it down. And Aww. I got the dopest shot of him, too, just, like, having a great time dancing. So him and Rita. It was, oh, like, that's cool. <laughs> so he's a, he's a good dude. He seems, like, he seems like a dude that's, like, he is on screen, right? Like, right. He's, like, a really cool, chill dude. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> oh, I know him from playing Mafia. Just, I know. Yeah. I just like, what? They probably all live in, like, the same neighborhood, right? Probably. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I mean, those guys are all, they're all hanging out with each other at yeah, a certain point. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the rarefied air. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that stuff's interesting. I mean, he seems, he could be like a very persuasive guy with that. Yeah. You know, and he has that soul to him. I think. He does have that like soul to him and you just kind of trust him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about like the, the other side, side of the spectrum where you have like, say like the Kardashians or... Like, uh yeah, I, I mean, I think they. Uh, I guess they're they're sort of persuasive in their own way, right? <laughs> I mean they they know they're original. They're part of like what I would call like that original quadrant where they lean into their quirks. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's who they are, and that's what they're into, and they're very looks conscious and clothes conscious and surgery conscious and they talk about it you know what i mean they're like open about it like i don't think there's a lot of deception there you know they're like this is who we are and we're kardashians and we this is this is our vibe and i think people respond to that you know yeah Um, i guess that goes back to the same trump thing like his vibe is like oh just how people dig it i I don't get it he's like unabashedly like who he is he's just like i'll say whatever i want i don't care yeah and I think people, people dig that, you know, like they dig, I'm not saying they dig him or dig what he stands for, but I think people respect when you are 100% yourself, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah, even yeah. if yourself is like, even the good, the bad, the ugly, <laughs> if you're like, this is who I am, you know, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I think that's a persuasive quality. Good or bad. Good or bad, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are a couple of your other favorite habits here in the book you think would be good for your good, good for the for the creative entrepreneurs of the of the world? Well, I think this idea of um, respecting others, which is part of in my generous 
principle, which is just this idea of there was this Harvard study done where they interviewed 10, like 10,000 employees and they wanted to see the most important aspect yeah. to them about where they work and, and finding happiness. And the number one aspect was respect. Mm. So like above money, time off, promotion, it was like the number one attribute was respect. And I think respect above all else is, is what matters. And I think respecting the people that you work with, treating everyone on the same, no second class citizens, really working to have that mindset mm -hmm. that it's not who can get me ahead, yeah. you know? Like I know that there's that Hollywood like mindset of just like, you know, it's not what you know, but who you know, and you, yeah. you gotta know people to be connected. But I think you gotta come from that angle and that principle that you respect everyone equally and, and that, that that will pay off down the road. And just having that mindset of doing that, I think yeah. is really important. Yeah. Probably it goes into each energetic interaction. Yeah. Yeah, like when you're not giving yourself to someone they know and who knows where that person's gonna be later on, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like a practice of presence and Yeah. Do you have any like daily kind of rituals or routines? Yeah, I do. Um I mean I've really been into a do you do meditation? I do. You do, yeah. A lot of people do that now. A couple times a day. A couple times a day, Jesus, dude, really? Try to do twice a day, like morning and night, morning and after, like late afternoon. Uh huh. But How long do you do it for? Twenty minutes each. Okay. It's, it's Vedic transcendental meditation. Uh huh. So yeah, it's twenty minutes in the morning, twenty minutes in the afternoon. Well, sometimes a lot of times I miss the afternoons if I'm running around, but. But you always do the morning. Yeah. And you always do it in the same spot. Depends if I'm traveling, but if I'm home, yeah, same spot. And do you do it, uh, do you work out before or after? After. Uh-huh. Yeah. You do that before you work out. Yeah. yeah, literally I wake up and I meditate before I even like try to touch my phone. Sometimes I'm not the best at it, but That's just so hard, to right? get it to like, just to like ground, for me it's super grounding. Yeah, so I've been doing that recently, but I have not graduated to the 20 minute twice a day <laughs> thing. Uh, but I do it every morning and that's been... That's just been eye-opening because a lot of the principles that I talk about in this book is just being yourself and leaning into that and being open yeah. uh, to others, not being closed off. Yeah. And meditation really, really helps open you up. Yeah. And, and what type of meditation are you doing? Me, I do, I sort of have like my, I'm like off the grid with it. I do a lot of like breathing and I have this like uh, soundtrack that I repeat. It's like a 15 minute soundtrack oh, like wow. music soundtrack yeah and i have like a certain like breathing rhythm i do to it oh cool yeah i don't know what it's, what it's called yeah yeah i'm sure it's um, super grounding to it's just uh i wouldn't say it's like a workout but it's like uh you know the breathing is to the beat of the music to like yeah. clear my head yeah i don't know what you call that i mean breath is everything though yeah too. breath is everything yeah I mean, you can control your breath up and down it's it's such a huge huge practice advantage and so that's one and then the you know I, I work out like religiously like that to me has been game changer for me just to get the mind-body connection yeah okay so the other thing that I've been practicing I have two boys wow okay yeah and so every Thursday night and I don't know why it's Thursday night we have uh, gratitude journals yeah. It's not, this isn't like a groundbreaking thing, but I think doing it with your kids 
makes a big difference. And every Thursday night, we write down three things that we're grateful for. And we write down three things we're grateful for and like three goals that we want to accomplish. And we do it every week. And then we read them to each other and we like break it down and talk about it. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's just been, I don't know, you just kind of like go to bed those nights and you sleep a little bit better. Yeah. And you feel a little more grounded and a little more connected uh, to your family, but also just happy for where you are and that you're all together. Absolutely. And uh, that's been like a, because I know meditation's like solo and it opens you up. And then this practice, it helps you kind of be connected and allows you to put down on paper because you have to share it, what you're happy about and, you know, what you're, yeah, why you're, why you have gratitude in that particular moment. Yeah. And we do that once a week. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All of the boys. 11 and 9. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good practices. I know, man. Good they're practices. awesome. And they're, they're happy, yeah. That's they're awesome. good kids, yeah. Yeah, I think gratitude is such a, it's played a huge role in my own life as well. Because, yeah. I mean, we all get in these spaces where we're like, ah, like, ah, this life, ah, oh, this and that, this no, and that. So. Like, dude, we live in New York City, well, here. But, yeah. I mean, we all have something to be grateful for yeah. at the bare minimum. Totally. And that's like raises your frequency, in my, in my opinion. It raises Definitely. your emotional frequency. But you don't, you always think about what's next and what you need to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to think about where you are, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know, maybe you're, you're a master at it, but it's always been hard for me. <laughs> it's always been hard for me to just be, have that like grounded, okay, I've, you know, this is where I am and this is what I'm happy about. I'm always like reaching and striving. Yeah. No, I'm, I've, I feel the same way. I've had to do a lot of practice of that over the last couple of years of just staying, you know, it's a balance, right, of, of planning for the future, but also, yeah. but not worrying about the future yeah. and not like regretting the past, not dwelling in the past traumas or anything like that, right. but like, you know, trying to stay in the present moment. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. It's yeah. a lot of practice. It's a lot of practice, but it makes all the difference. You know? It really does. Yeah. You ever read uh, Joe Dispenza? No. I just got turned on to his work about a year ago, and he talks about he breaks kind of like energy, like energy and emotional frequencies down by like with science. So he uses like you know, uses meditations, and he describes like different emotional frequencies like on the spectrum. So you have like low emotional frequencies like fear, judgment, hate all that resentment and how those like will kill your body. And that's what like your body releases stressful. Like that's what creates stress and releases toxic chemicals in your body. And then gratitude, love, joy, freedom. Those are like high vibrational emotional frequencies. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Super interesting. Yeah. And he basically, when you're living, depending on what emotional state you're living in, you know, depends on whether you heal your body, you know, if even you're sick, but to, you know, kind of bringing things into your life. Yeah, it's wow, wild. That's he, crazy. Like, he, he like has a lot. And of is it like you can control that? Yeah. Or is it just like? Yeah, well, he has all these meditations. Yeah. And a lot of them are like forty-five minutes long. Oh, but like, his, it's his way. It's his kind of tool for like hacking that system, right? Because your body gets caught in this loop of like negative thoughts, negative emotions, and you're you're releasing toxic chemicals in your body, and that's creating more negative thoughts. So the idea is to break that that cycle. And so he utilizes his meditations to do that. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. That's so cool. But like gratitude practice yeah. is a huge piece of raising that vibration. Yeah. I mean, this, this dude like broke his spine and like healed it with his mind and, and like using these methods. 
<laughs> what mean, other what other practices do you use that we haven't talked about, like meditation and gratitude? For me, yeah. uh, I've, been, I've done a little bit of breath work. Okay. Which it's, I don't know if you've done much of it. No, I haven't. Have you heard of Wim Hof? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. some similar stuff to that. Yeah. Um, the, the version. But like ice? The ice man. The ice man. <laughs> like you've done it like in the cold like that? I haven't done it in the cold. I do it, I do a different, I kind of utilize this, the modality of it, but then I do it and I like, I'll have a blindfold with, I'll like, use an eye mask laying down with like a soundtrack and, and it'll take you to these like transcendent states. Um, or it pulls you out of your head, pulls you out of that default mode. Yeah. Network, if you get stuck in your head. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been huge. It's been a huge tool for me um, in terms of breaking out of the head, breaking out of, you know, act, activating more creative flow and things like that. That's amazing. And how often do you do breath work? Whenever you need to? Yeah, whenever I need to. Not like daily. It's no, not daily practice. No. no. Last year I went through really di- like a difficult time and yeah. I was doing it like I was doing it every day for, you know, like a couple months. That's awesome. And it was one thing that really helped. And, um, so cool. Yeah. But I get a little getting into psychedelics a little bit more too. Yeah, of course, man. <laughs> uh, which have been amazing in terms of taking my mind to other dimensions and and rewiring subconscious. Like ayahuasca stuff. I did ayahuasca this summer. Uh-huh. Yeah, down at this place called Rhythmia. How was it? I thought it was amazing. It was. Ayahuasca is like work. It's like twenty years of therapy in like a couple nights. Fuck. <laughs> I really want to do it. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. But you got to go into it like I want to work on myself. I want to like go deeper. I want to re like understand why I do things and why I operate in the world, right? Because we all have this like yeah. from growing up, we have these traumas that create these subconscious wirings that like make us interact in certain ways. And ayahuasca will help show you where why? that comes from. Why? Yeah. You no, know, it'll show you why you yeah, have that. Exactly. And well, and when you say it's work, just like. Physically going through all that is, is super intense? Um, yeah, physically and mentally, like you're doing work. It's like you're doing therapy work, yeah. right? Like you go to therapists. I do. And you're like. I'm going today. Nice. Yeah. 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 Dude, everyone needs therapy, man, yeah, no, in my opinion. So, so useful. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you feel like the, the second part of your life, you're unlearning everything that you learned growing up? Totally. <laughs> it's weird how you don't think about the cause and effect until you study it. Absolutely. Of like, you know, you think, well, this is how I'm wired. This is who I am. And this is how I interact with the world around me. And then you realize this thing made you this way, do this thing that caused this action. You know, it's all interrelated. Yep. And you need to break that down through professional, you know, discussion and oh, understanding you know absolutely um, and the thing that i found too it, which is interesting is like that you know doing working with a therapist and understanding and becoming aware of these things is like yeah. the five percent right but this shit is like wired deep in your subconscious because you've been thinking about it over and over and over again for however many years you've been alive yeah since then and so like that's why i feel like for me like doing like psychedelic like ayahuasca medicines i should say plant medicine yeah has kind of gotten to a deeper deeper space for myself that's so cool so you're gonna do it again i'll probably do it again yeah i think but you're not like die you don't feel like you're dying to do it again no no Uh no, i'm not dying to do it again i definitely feel like i kind of went deep i did it i did it rhythmia they do breath work one night ayahuasca four nights and then breath work the fifth fifth, sixth night 
Yeah, it's intense, but it's like, I think you do need a couple nights with the medicine to kind of get to know it and for it to get to know you. And Does it affect you each night? Affect you? Like, are there some nights where you don't really feel it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you go deeper, yeah, like you can cut, like the fourth night, I kind of didn't feel it as much, but I think they used a different blend. Okay. Um, but the first three nights, I mean, and every night was totally different. They help you, you could, by using intentions, you, you guide the medicine essentially oh, okay. to like do what it needs to do and like, was it painful no no I, no but i mean like i think you weren't like throwing up and i threw up like once over the third yeah. you know but purging right like there's i think the the connotation that ayahuasca has is oh, i don't want to throw up i don't want to do this and i mean nobody likes throwing up i, yeah. I hate throwing up but yeah. like it's kind of part of the process and when you're in the medicine you, it does it doesn't affect you like when you're normally throwing up because you're like actually like purging the trauma, like you're getting the medicines, getting it out of your body. Oh right. That's kind of the whole perspective and theory on it. That's so cool. Yeah, it's wild, man. It's it's a wild trip. God but. damn. <laughs> I, I gotta do it now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rhythmia is. I recommend Rhythmia because it's like. Uh, it's like a really nice resort, uh-huh. wellness resort, and. You know, they have like yoga and meditation and everything's farm to table there. It's like super healthy food. And, yeah. you know, you're in the jungles of Costa Rica, but it's nicer accommodations. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah all right. You've never done it before. And they kind of like hold your hand through it, you know, like they walk you through it really easily. Yeah. So, yeah, like in some like tent <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe down the road, that's like an oak, like a tent down in the middle yeah. of the jungle, but yeah. not for now. We just came back from, uh, we have four offices, so I take all the... Oh, no way. We don't do any, any medicine. But we, uh, <laughs> we get all four offices, and we go somewhere every year, and we did a camp in the Redwoods. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and it was like... It was just uh, last week. It was kind of cold, but we stayed in... Like, some people stayed in tents. Some had, like, kind of bunks, bunkhouses. It was amazing, because we're, like, all camping in one place for three nights yeah and these all these people that you don't know because they work at different offices and you're like forced to mingle and interact with them and like it takes the work facade away yeah and you're like all right this is me camping as a person <laughs> and i'm gonna let my guard down and really bring my full self to this experience and yeah that's part of like the philosophy in the book is this idea of leaning into who you are and bringing your full self and one way to do that is to do that with people that you work with in a new environment, not mm. in the like running around work environment Monday to Friday. Yeah. But in the like, okay, I'm work with all these people. I'm gonna get to know them on a much deeper level, and then bring that back yeah. into the work place. Yeah, almost in a different. You get to know them in a different context. Totally. And you really don't talk about work. You talk about who you are as a person. You know. Yeah. Do you utilize that with? clients and like that idea with with clients i mean i i would like to utilize that idea more with clients not necessarily camping in the woods but yeah yeah not (laughs) camping in the woods but no i try i do try to like get clients on more of a social like let's not talk about what i want from you and what you want from me yeah but let's let's break it down into getting to know you on a deeper level and building building that relationship because we are all made up of the same things, you know? Mm-hmm. We all have 99.9% of the same DNA. 
You yeah. know, there's 0.1% that makes us different. Yeah. But we always think we're all unique and so different and we want different things. And that person doesn't understand me because they have this philosophy or they have this belief. Yeah. But really, at the end of the day, we're all the fucking same. You know, <laughs> they're like, we're all the same. We have the same wants and needs, the same desires, the same need for acceptance and connection. Yeah. And what separates us is that 0.1% has become today this like chasm where it's really hard to connect with people. And so I think when you have that mindset, it helps you not to get so upset when they have a different philosophy or a different view, but realize, okay, that, that part's a little bit different. Let me try to massage that part. Mm -hmm. But also know that we're all coming from it from like the human species. Yeah. And we all kind of feel the same wants and needs absolutely you know so the whole like, human experience is quite wild isn't it's it? so wild man <laughs> it's such a twisty turny kind of thing you know but it's really fun too yeah, yeah. it's so funny like you just feel you know everything just made up right like we made all this stuff up totally it could, we could have made other stuff up yeah but we didn't yeah this is the stuff we made up you know? that's wild i was just listening to joe rogan yeah he got the podcast is sick yeah. yeah his his is great but he had this dude on actually i know this like guy jeremy corbell and directed uh -huh. this movie and like you probably heard about the whole the navy finding these like ufos yeah 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 i've heard about that yeah there's a whole documentary on oh, it I'm like sick. i gotta check this out but it sounds well, what happened the uh they found these like almost like looked like a tic-tac things hovering over the water uh-huh and like they didn't have, and there was no like it was like prop, have right. propellers or anything like that. And they like they scrambled the jets. The Navy were like the guy from the Navy was talking about it because he was the one that was flying the jet, like going to like look at these things. And they recorded it, and then the the, the footage leaked and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's on my list to go check out this. Good, I gotta check that out. <laughs> so, Amazing. but yeah, man. So last question is, yes, uh, what does the phrase "live inspiration" mean to you? Live inspiration? Yeah. Um, I think live inspiration to me means that you are always trying to think about your impact on other people. That's mm -hmm. what I think it is. Like I think live inspiration is your impact on other people and how you leave people when they interact with you. And that's basically the best way I could yeah. summarize it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And where can people find you on the uh, interwebs? On the interwebs, uh, thesoulfulart.com oh. is my website, and I am at, at Jason underscore Harris on Twitter and on Instagram. Yeah, the book's available on Amazon and all your local retails. Amazon stores. and all the other retails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a great book. Go yeah. pick it up. Definitely enjoyed this time. Thank you so much. Thanks, and, man. Yeah, I acknowledge I you it. for just making an impact in the world and, and doing something bigger, bigger than yourself. Trying, doing what I can, you know? Love it. Thanks, you guys. All right, thanks. Alrighty, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in to today's episode with Jason Harris. I'm your host, Nick Onkin. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you could help us out by leaving us a good review over at Apple Podcasts. That really helps us get out there 
and into the upper recommendations. And also, you can share the episode at neonradio.com slash EP180. And if you want to check out Jason's book, you can uh, go to the soulfulart.com and uh, read more about it. You can also obviously order it on on Amazon, and I listen to it on audio. I'm an audiobook junkie, and uh, I like Audible for listening to audiobooks. They just make it so easy. Not an ad, but I enjoy them. And um, yeah, you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create your life by creating every small moment, and we'll see you next time, and never stop creating. Stop creating.